Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. It was the summer of 1965. I was a 15-year-old teenager along with my youth group attending a conference at Glorietta Baptist Assembly. And in between the sessions, I went to the conference bookstore and looked through books as I enjoyed doing, and I came across one that caught my eye. The title was Living Letters. And as I opened it, the introduction said that it was a paraphrase of the letters of the Apostle Paul by a man named Kenneth Taylor. And he had undertaken that project because his young daughters were having trouble understanding the King James Version as he would read the Bible to them each night. And I identified with that because as a teenager, I too had struggled with understanding the Shakespearean language of the King James Version. Though I loved the the poetic beauty of it, I had trouble understanding some of the passages. And so I began to to read a little bit of the book, and it caught my attention. I purchased it, took it back to my room, and began to read more. And I read his paraphrase of Paul's letter to the Philippians. And as those truths came alive to me in, in a new and fresh way through his paraphrase, I came to the fourth chapter, and there were two verses that seemed to just jump off the page and right into my heart. And I memorized those two verses. They became my life verses. And over the decades of following Christ that have followed, I have quoted those verses from Ken Taylor's paraphrase thousands of times. He went on to translate all of the Bible or paraphrase all of it. It became what we call now the living Bible. But these two verses from that first edition, Living Letters, just found a place in my heart, and I've said them to myself in times of anxiety and struggle over and over and over again. It goes, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs And don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can comprehend. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. We're in a series called Game Changers. And Pastor Milt and Pastor Daniel and myself have been sharing with you verses that have become life verses for us. Uh, in week one, Pastor Milt talked about Psalm 37, 4, and that has guided his life throughout uh, these years of following Christ. In week two, Pastor Daniel talked about Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. And it was a powerful message and testimony that week. And then last week, Pastor Milk shared Romans 12, 1 and 2. And if you missed any of those messages, I encourage you to go to our website, m1bc.org, and, and you can listen to the podcast of those powerful messages. For us, those and the two that I'll share in the next two weeks 
Those have become life verses for us, and they have changed our lives. They've become for us what is commonly called game changers. Because those verses found lodging in our hearts, and by God's Spirit have made their way into our lives. But of all the life verses that God has given me, and there's a handful, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 has been the biggest game changer for me. And if you are prone to worry, and let's be honest, most of us are, it can be a game changer for you if you will take it to heart and by God's Spirit live out its truth because this is absolutely true. It's our big idea for today. Worry is a sin. Faith is God's better option. I want to look at these verses from the New Living Translation. This is the translation from which I teach uh, every Sunday. Uh, It actually began with Ken Taylor's paraphrase that became the Living Bible. But then back in the 90s, a team of of, uh, biblical scholars and expert translators took the Living Bible and revised it uh, with their wisdom and understanding of the original languages of Hebrew of the Old Testament and Koine Greek of the New Testament. And instead of a paraphrase, it became a scholarly translation. But what sets it apart for me is that of all the modern English translations, in my humble but accurate opinion, it's the easiest to understand. And it makes its way into my heart like none of the other translations. So I teach from it. So let's look at these verses from the New Living Translation. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is one of the conditional promises of the New Testament. Now, there are many unconditional promises in in the Scripture, but for the follower of Jesus Christ, there are some conditional promises. Uh, They are what I call if-then statements. Follow me here. If you obey God in this area, in an if-then promise, then God will be faithful to bless and to support and strengthen you in response. And so Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is an if-then promise. Verse 6, if you don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything, then, verse 7 you will experience God's peace. And some of us desperately need that. Now, you may be tracking with me so far and saying, okay, Pastor, I'm with you up to this point, but go back a little bit. You said worry is a sin? I mean, isn't that a little bit harsh? I mean, we know worry's not a good thing. We know it can even be unhealthy. But come on, a sin? Well, stop and think about it. What is a sin? A sin is where God says, do this, and we don't do it. A sin is where God says, don't do this, and we do it anyway. 
we make a choice to go the opposite way that God tells us to go, to do the opposite thing that God tells us to do. And if you look at Philippians 4, verse 6, don't worry about anything. And so if we choose, and worry is a choice, if we choose to worry, we're being disobedient to God. Not only are we missing the then part of the blessing, we are being disobedient, we are sinning. But now, let me set your mind at ease. This message is not gonna be a finger-wagging condemnation, okay? I'm not gonna be shaking my finger at you and saying, you're worrying, you're sinning, shame on you. That's not what this is about. In Instead, this message is good news. We need some good news today, don't we? Just watch the news on TV. It's filled with bad news. We need some good news. Here's some good news. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have stepped across the line of faith, if you've committed your heart and life to him, here's good news for you today. Are you ready for it? God wants to set you free from the oppression of worry. That's good news. He wants to set you free from the oppression of worry. What if you could live your life every day without worry? What if you could go through every day without that burden, without that dark cloud following you around of worry? The good news is, if you're a Christ follower, you can. You can, and the scripture tells us how. We worry over uncertainty. We don't know what is ahead. None of us knows what tomorrow brings. If we did, you'd all go out and buy lottery tickets, right? If we knew about tomorrow, but we don't. Only God knows about tomorrow, and so we worry about tomorrow. What if this happens, or what if that happens, or what if this doesn't take place like I want it to take place, or what if that? And we play the what-if game with God all through life instead of exercising faith. Hey, listen, if anybody had reason to worry, if anybody could have been just just consumed with worry over the uncertainty of this situation. It would have been the Apostle Paul when he wrote the book of Philippians. Uh, if you're not familiar with the setting of that letter of Paul, he wrote it while he was in prison. He wrote it while he was in a Roman prison. He was awaiting the verdict of whether he would be set free to continue to preach the gospel and plant churches and spread the word of the Lord throughout the world of his day, or he would be executed. He didn't know what was going to happen. And so here's what he said early in the letter in Philippians 1, beginning with verse 20. Not knowing, here's what he said, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, look, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So, I really don't know which is better. Do you sense what Paul is saying there? He, he, he's saying, hey, 
I don't know which way this is going to go. But either way, God's got this. God's got this. So I'm just going to relax and trust him. Now, some of you are in situations and circumstances right now that you don't know how it's going to turn out. It may be financial. It may be related to your work or your career. It may be tied to a relationship that is meaningful to you, or it may be your health. I preached to some in the first service, and maybe I am in this service or online right now, that are dealing with a life-threatening illness, and you don't know which way it's going to turn out. But I want to tell you that you, through faith, can have the same attitude that Paul had. God's got this, whatever it is. Listen, faith means trusting God for what you cannot yet see or understand. I can't see it, I don't know, but I'm trusting God. Even when it's life or death, even then. The Apostle Paul looked at every situation and circumstance in his life through the lens of faith. And because of that, he was set free because he was in a no-lose situation. He continues, verse 23, between life or death. I'm torn between these two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, he said to the Philippians, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so that I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Wow. No defeat there. No anxiety there. No worry there. Why? Because they were all replaced by faith. By faith. And every time you or I make the choice to choose faith instead of worry, we gain spiritual momentum in our faith journey. We gain strength. We gain momentum in the journey of following Jesus Christ. Now, what happened to Paul? Well, in this particular instance, he was released. He was set free. He went on to preach the gospel. He went on to help build churches in the first century. He went on to serve Christ. But he was later imprisoned again in Rome, this time in the Mamertine dungeon. And he did not escape from there. He was beheaded. But in both of those imprisonments, Paul says, whatever happens... I can't lose. You see, he understood that whatever he was facing as a follower of Christ, God had it under control. When you choose faith instead of worry, you are exercising your faith and it grows stronger. It's like our physical bodies. When we exercise, we gain physical strength. When we exercise our faith, our spiritual life grows stronger. That's what Paul is teaching us. Now, as we continue to read parts of the Philippian letter, remember, he is imprisoned unjustly and illegally. 
He's being chained to Roman guards 24-7, three guards each day in eight-hour shifts. He has no means of support other than gifts from people like the Philippians. And yet, when they gave him a gift, this was his response. Philippians 4, verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know that you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now look, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything, whether it was the penthouse or prison, Paul said. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Really? Even in prison, you're content? Even chained to guards 24 hours a day, you're content? I mean, is it, are you for real? Can you really live like that? How can you have that kind of attitude? How can you have that kind of perspective? How can you not worry when you don't know if they're going to chop your head off or not? He tells us how in verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You see, it's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of attitude. In order to defeat worry, you have to be satisfied for things to go God's way, not necessarily your way. And that's the struggle, is it not? You know what? I know something about you. Every one of you here in the, the room on the lower floor, you guys up in the balcony, those watching online, I know this about you. You've got control issues. You do. You know how I know that about you? Because it's true about me. We've got control issues, don't we? We really want to be in control. We, we, we feel more confident. But the reality is, we're not in control. Even when we think we're in control, we're not in control. And until we give up the delusion that we can somehow put ourselves in a position to be in control, until we give up our futile, worthless efforts to be in control of our life and realize that only God is control, only then can we have the kind of faith Paul talks about that sets us free from worry. I mean, where did Paul get this anyway? I mean, where did he come up with the idea that you could not, you, you don't have to live worrying about how your needs are going to be met? If, if you're going to have enough money for this or, or whether your health's going to turn out okay or, or, or whatever, how, how can you live like, who did he get that from? Well, I'm glad you asked. He got it from Jesus. Here's what your master and his said, Matthew 6, 25. That is why I tell you, Jesus said, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 
Now, don't misunderstand. Jesus is not saying here, hey, just have an I don't care attitude. You know, don't worry about going to work. Just, you know, lay around and, and watch TV all the time and, and count on somebody else who's working to provide for you what you ought to be. He, Jesus is not saying that. If you look in, at Scripture in its full context, it teaches us to be responsible, to work hard as much as we are able to provide for our own needs and the needs of our family. In fact, the Scripture says, those who won't work should not what? Eat. So if you are able, you should be productive. And for those who are unable Brothers and sisters should help. But Jesus is not saying, hey, just have an I don't care attitude. Not at all. The, teacher, teach, the scripture teaches be diligent, be faithful, be responsible. And then you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. God will be faithful to you. Here's what Jesus said in verse 33. You know this verse. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Now do you see that's another of the if-then promises? Seek first the kingdom of God. Be responsible. Live right. Seek to please the Lord. If you will be faithful to God, he will be faithful to you. He will provide everything you need. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to make you wealthy. It doesn't mean you'll be immune from any health problems. There are preachers that preach that God wants all of his children to be healthy and wealthy all the time. Can I just be honest? They're twisting the scripture for their own benefit. That's not what scripture teaches. He doesn't promise you a mansion and a Mercedes. But he does promise if you will be faithful to him, he will be faithful to meet your needs. Not make you rich necessarily, but meet your needs. And so Jesus said, verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Can I get an amen out of that? Today's trouble is, I heard this, this next phrase from a pastor, I think it may have been Andy Stanley, and it stuck with me and I've quoted it to myself and others a whole bunch of times, don't borrow from tomorrow. Because we can't change it. Don't borrow from tomorrow, don't spend your time, don't waste your energy, don't drain your soul by worrying about what, what if tomorrow. Live in Christ every day. Trust God for every new day. Get up and spend time with him and, and spend time in his word and prayer and then say something like this to him, Lord, I don't know what's ahead today, but you do. So I'm just going to trust you. I put my life once again today in your hands. And you know what? Our God is faithful. He's faithful. And you don't need to worry. You can live a life without worry. Let me leave you with a couple of thoughts and we'll wrap up here. Here's the first. Worry, like any other sin, can only be defeated by abiding in Christ through prayer, the scripture, 
and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a little long, so I'm going to read it again. So follow, follow, track with me, okay? I'm almost done. Worry, like any other sin, can only be defeated by abiding in Christ through prayer, the Scripture, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm trying to say real quick. This is not the kind of thing where it's work harder, do better, and God will pat you on the head and say, okay, you're doing better, get out there and try some more. It's not about trying harder. The scripture says, he is the vine, we are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abiding in Christ, it is Christ in us, not our efforts not to worry or do anything else. Worry, like any other sin, can only be defeated by abiding in Christ. But then one more thought. Defeating worry begins with a choice. God will be faithful. God will do his part. God will deliver you from worry, but it begins by you and I choosing not to worry. If you are burdened by worry, if you struggle with worry, if you're always playing the what-if game, you are choosing to do that. And I'm challenging you to choose faith instead of worry. And our faithful God will do his part. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can comprehend. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Worry is a sin. Faith is God's better option. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here in the worship center, watching online, listening to the podcast, or watching the recording of today's sermon at some later time, Whoever has heard these truths from Scripture, I pray for them, first of all, that if they're not a follower of Jesus Christ, that they would step across the line of faith and give Christ their heart, turning their back on the sin of their past and in faith giving their heart to follow Jesus. And for those who have done that, who are Christ followers, I pray for them to be set free from the oppression and bondage and burden of worry. You have something better for them, and it's faith. You are a faithful God. If we will just do our part by choosing faith instead of worry, then your mighty power will take care of us. You took care of Paul there in prison. You have taken care of your people throughout the ages, and you will take care of us today if we will just trust you. 
that you are a good and loving and faithful God and we can put our life and whatever situation we're dealing with in your hands. Thank you, our Father, for the life of faith that doesn't remove from us trouble and hardship and pain, but gives us the peace and the assurance of Christ in us to sustain us through whatever it might be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're a guest today or you'd like to talk about your next step in the faith journey, come by the hospitality room in the hall to my right. God bless you, everybody. Have a great Sunday.